0: Hello and welcome to The Weekly Reboot, your regular Friday debrief of things we've heard and seen coming from the Agile community here in Melbourne and beyond. Before we get started today with our mini hack, I just wanted to let you know something we've heard coming from the Agile community here in Melbourne, which you might have heard about, which is that Nigel Dalton is leaving REA Group after seven years. Um, And he's locally known as the godfather of Agile and he'll be a huge loss to the Agile community and heart of REA Group. But he's going to be there until the next hack event at the close to the end of the year, I think. And then he'll be taking some time to write the book he's been planning to do for a little while now, which is called Super Productive. So we'll be looking forward to seeing that one come out in 2020. But yeah, it was certainly a a shock to some of us and a surprise and quite sad that he'll be leaving REA group. Well, today is another mini hack and we're talking cycle time, folks. What is it? Why measure it? How do you measure it? You should, because this one simple trick could unlock a bunch of potential improvements for you and your team. I was inspired to record this mini hack and perhaps as a small teaser, I caught up with Adam Boas last week, the engineering chapter lead at ANZ for the mobile application, um, and that interview will be coming soon but one of the things he spoke of had me face palming straight away and the following monday wasn't i the most annoying person annoying people all over the place asking them what their cycle time is and kind of been banging on about that all week since then so cycle time is the time it takes for a piece of work to get from being first worked on to being delivered measuring cycle time can tell you so much about how effective your team is how might you ask well let us count the ways together so first up, cycle time is a component of lead time. Lead time is how much time it would take to get a task completed. Now, you might say, won't that just be the same as cycle time? No, it won't be because lead time includes the time from when you know you want it to the time it's done. So if the task spends two weeks waiting to start, then lead time equals the cycle time for that task plus two weeks. So straight away, you can see that lean time on its own might not be a good indicator of how well your team can possibly perform if you have a big queue of work stacking up or a demanding business, for example, that wants more than can be delivered, or if you don't have enough capacity in your team. So it doesn't really matter how much of a bunch of hotshots your team is, if there literally is too much work for them to possibly deliver, they're going to look as if they're underperforming. But if you can measure cycle time and demonstrate that the team is picking up tasks quickly and can get them done quickly, then the problem of long lead times must be due to other reasons. So measuring cycle time, therefore, is an important component of lead time because it gives you clarity as to where your problems in flowing value through teams are. So then another thing that measuring cycle time gives you is an indicator of of when something goes wrong with your process. For example, if your team regularly achieves an average cycle time of, say, three days to get an activity done, and suddenly cycle time jumps to six days to get an activity done, and it stays like that for a few weeks, then something has changed and you can dig into why that is. It could be, for example, that testing has become hard. Well, why is that? Have we neglected to stay on top of automation, or are we rushing something and finding lots of defects? Therefore, could we invest some improvement time on trying to? try things to increase quality and get cycle time back to something reasonable cycle time is a nice metric too because it reflects pretty quickly when something is awry when there are issues it shows up pretty quickly in sudden changes in cycle time and even it can get missed in the product that you're shipping but you might see it in your cycle time figures. so a sudden increase or change in cycle time should be a red flag for the team Another reason that cycle time is useful is because it's one of those metrics that's hard to game. Or rather, I should say that gaming the metric leads to a positive result. So it kind of doesn't matter if your team wants to game it. What do I mean by that? Well, if a team wants their cycle time to be small and regular, then they may put effort into breaking their work into very small similar things. And you're probably already guessing where I'm going with this, but in agile software delivery We're kind of obsessed with small things. We love them. They're tiny. They can be prioritized in order of value, which means the high value ones can be delivered first, and then they kind of fly across your Kanban boards with the greatest ever ease really quickly. High performing elite teams know that by delivering small things very rapidly, that that's desirable, not just to make the team feel good about things, but because it unlocks so many opportunities for releasing value early to the customer. And you might have already guessed this too, but a team that is excellent at breaking work down and getting cycle time down creates the environment that allows lead time to be as small as possible too. Because if once work is hitting the team, it's whizzing through really quickly, then those long periods of time in lead time, either before the work is picked up in as part of your cycle time or after when it's being delivered into production, maybe you've got some blockages there, then those are gonna show up much more obviously. So by measuring cycle time, you can find out how much time at the micro level, a thing is waiting. And then if you find the first common cause of the thing that's making work wait unnecessarily and you remove it, then you can fix the next big thing in order. So you can just so on, so on fix these big bottlenecks in your processes until they're as efficient as possible. And work is flowing um, really rapidly and not stopping and waiting at any one point in your process. Another reason why we love cycle time or just the idea of starting to measure cycle time is that it allows you to have data and having data shows where you can improve and stops you from putting effort into other things that you might think are problems but maybe they're not problems they might just be a gut feel that it's a problem or it might be someone's opinion that it's a problem rather than looking at data and actually knowing where your problems are so once you start measuring cycle time you have a set of data that's going to help you make better decisions on how to operate the team and better decisions on where to put your improvement effort and it's going to stop you from wasting time improving things that actually aren't going to help flow value then what is it that w edwards Deming said about that a quote that goes something along the lines of in god we trust everyone else bring data so that's our mini hack for this week start measuring cycle time Um, you might be wondering how do i do it it's very simple you can literally just track when a task is picked up and how many days it stays in progress if your process roughly takes you know more than one day then i know teams for example that just put a little mark on a card every time that's in progress until it's finished add up how many marks are on a card and that's um, your cycle time for that card then you kind of just aggregate them together to make your average cycle time um, it's probably really worth investing time if you've got any kind of digital tool that you're using to track work to automate the collection of cycle time plenty of tools out there do it our good friend jira does this for example um, automatically and once you start collecting it the data and start amassing even more data as on a regular basis then that data is there the other great thing about cycle time is that it's a really kind of nice team level small piece of data that can aggregate up into so many other pieces of data so once you've got cycle time down pat then you can start looking at other things like lead time and maybe automating the collection of that as well with a view to being able to get lead time down and improve lead time so that's our mini hack all of the reasons why measuring cycle time is really good i wish you much good fortune on your journey of putting in place the tracking of cycle time oh one more thing i should say about it if you've tracking work at all using any kind of tool but you're not looking at the data yet you can even retrospectively go back for the last two weeks and look at your cycle time of the tasks that you've already completed so you might have already banked some potential data in your digital systems that you can just go mining through to actually find out today what your cycle time is now you've got your baseline and it, and it is only improvement from from there on Okay, well, that was our weekly reboot. Give us feedback. We love hearing from you. Contact us on rebootme at rebootco.com.au. You can contact me on alex at rebootco.com.au. The weekly reboot is your regular Friday debrief of things we've heard and seen coming from the Agile community here in Melbourne and beyond. Tune in next week at four o'clock for our next episode of the weekly reboot. Bye for now.